Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of The Details of Life with Marcus Wilson. I am your host, Marcus Wilson, and it's so good to be back. I have a great episode coming up here for you. Inspirational, knowledgeable, everything. Uh, it's a guy by the name of Brian Phillips, um, man of courage, 2020 man of courage uh, for the Multiple Sclerosis Society here of St. Louis. And uh, he just has an awesome story to tell. Um, but I want to tell you how this led up to be to let you know this was a meant to be podcast. So about four weeks ago, I was meeting a colleague and they suggested, hey, have you ever been to Chateau Maplewood? I'm like, no. So uh, send me the address. I go there. We're sitting there. It's a very small, but it's nice, cool neighborhood type of bar, a wine bar. Uh, they have beer and they have certain uh, spirits, but it's pr predominantly a wine bar. And so in, in passing, uh, the person I was talking to said, hey, so how's your podcast going? And I, I tell them about it. And, and then they say to the owner and there's an owner there, the owner there, his name is uh, Brian Hobbs. And they say, hey, you know, you should check out this guy's podcast. He has a podcast. And so he asked me about it. And I was just like, if you get a chance to watch it, great. Subscribe. I, I love it. Um, but uh, I was like, man, you have an awesome bar here. I love the scenery. I would love to do a podcast here sometime. Right. And he's like, sure. Let me know. You know, like I'd love to be able to help. So fast forward about two weeks from then, someone that I work with at the Y says, hey, you know, I've watched your podcast. I got somebody who would be great for your podcast. I was like, who? She was like, it's this guy named Brian Phillips. He was just recently named Man of Courage. Uh, for the Multiple Sclerosis Society, and he's just really smart, really witty, really humble. He does public speaking. Like I think he would be great to to talk to on your podcast. I'm like, sure. Well, I think that that sounds great. Like with with me being on the the, the co chair of the diversity committee, like this is right up my alley uh, to bring awareness to things. And so I reach out to him. We're texting back and forth about what day works. We finally settle on the day, and he says, "Hey, Marcus, like if you can find a place." near Maplewood, which is a little small part of uh, St. Louis. If you can find a place near Maplewood, that'd be helpful because as he's going to tell you, he's had some issues, multiple sclerosis has affected his sight and his balance. And uh, he still travels, but he was just like, if you can find a place near Maplewood, that'd be helpful. I'm like, okay. So I'm stirring on it for about two days. And then it just hits me like, man, what about that restaurant? Like, was that guy really serious? Like, was he just being nice or like, is he really going to let me do this? Right. And so, um, I finally get in touch with him on a, on like a Monday and I tell him what's going on. I'm like, hey, do you remember me? I'm the guy who said he had a podcast, would love to be able to do one there. He's like, yeah, I remember you. I was like, hey, I got a guy who lives in Maplewood. And I was like, and it, like, I was just in your place in Maplewood. And so I was just wondering if we could make it work. And he was like, when? I said, uh, well, that's the issue. I'm supposed to be meeting with him tomorrow. And he's like, what time? So I tell him the time. And he says, you know what? We're not usually really busy around that time. Um, I can shut the place down for you for a little bit for you to get it done. Uh, how long do you need? And I'm like, no more than 30 minutes. I mean, 15 minutes to set up, 30 minutes to, you know, do the conversation max. And he was like, sure, I'll, I'll shut it down for 45 minutes to an hour. Now, this is a guy that I had met for about 20 minutes four weeks ago. It gets better, guys. So after that, I text Brian Phillips, who's my my guest coming on. And I said, hey, I found a great spot uh, in Maplewood. Here's the address. And he immediately texts back and was like, this is awesome. This is like one block away from my house. I can just walk there. I'm not making this up. So I go and meet a colleague. I meet someone to network with four weeks ago. Then two weeks later, uh, someone that I work with says, I watch your podcast. You need to bring this person on. I, I, I go back to the place, ask him, can I, can I do the podcast there? He says, yes, it's a block away. And 
it just works. This has a, gr a lot of great selections of wines. Go check them out. You know, small businesses really need our help right now anyway during this uh, coronavirus lockdown thing. And so go to check them out. Great neighborhood bar, multiple selections of uh, wine from different parts of the world. Uh, sometimes hard to get wines and very affordable from all ranges. And so go check them out. Thank you, Brian, for opening up your doors to me. To the guest of honor, Brian Phillips, man of courage. Uh, is coming on and you're going to love his story. He touched on so many life lessons, um, was really inspirational to me at the end. At, you're going to see at the end of the podcast, I was kind of speechless and I'm you. I'm never speechless. So the fact that he blew me away like that was something that I, I think that um, was just just really inspirational and and positive. A light that we all need to hear right now when, you know, some of these days feel kind of really stressful and dark right now with everything that's going on in the world. So without further ado, let's listen to my man, Brian Phillips. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Details of Life. As I already spoke about, today's guest is Brian Phillips, Multiple Sclerosis Society, Man of Courage for the year 2020. How are you doing today, Brian? I'm good, Marcus. How are you? Awesome, man. Awesome. So let's go ahead and dive right in. Um, you know, how about you tell the people where you're from? Are you from St. Louis? And what's your background? Uh, you know, I grew up in Atlanta until I was 10, but since then I've been in St. Louis. So okay. Um, went to, uh, you know, uh, CBC High School. Went to Mizzou for college, and I've been in St. Louis ever since. Got it, got it. A CBC cadet. I'm really curious. You know, I'm I'm the uh, co-chair of diversity and inclusion at, at the YMCA, and so uh, this is a passion of mine. And so I know one of the things I always want to find out about people is like, you know, what are some of their challenges? And so for people that don't know much about multiple sclerosis, uh, could you tell us like what are some of, some of the challenges that you face? Uh, being diagnosed with uh, MS. Yeah, um, I've had MS now for, let's see, 22 years. Okay. Um, and the, the most significant way, the way I was diagnosed is I had uh, what's called optic neuritis. I had it in both eyes. Okay. And, you know, usually people, a lot of people get some recovery, take some steroids that are prescribed. Um, it's legal. Um, <laughs> and, uh, didn't work for me, you know, but MS is weird like that. Yeah. Anyway, but that's all right, you know, um, and the transition to having to give up driving, that's that's the hardest part. Yeah. Every time I I complained about that, then I flip the coin and think to myself, oh, my gosh, how many people don't have a chance to drive anyway? Right. So, you know, it's like, yeah, uh, but nevertheless, it was something I was used to that was taken away. So that's tough. But um, not going where I wanted to go when I wanted to go. And that was a luxury that, that some people have, that you have, that a lot of us have, but yep. still, yeah. got to keep it in perspective. Yeah. Um, but also, over the years, um, my balance is not anything. Like, you know, I ran cross country, played tennis in high school, um, and I can't run. Mm -hmm. I cannot safely run. I stay in shape, but, you know, I'm, I'm not doing any flips on the balance beam. Right, right. Um, those are the two most, you know, there's other stuff, you know, my bladder's about the size of a pregnant woman's, <laughs> so, which that's kind of weird, but, yeah. but people understand, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. I got a small bladder, yeah. you know, so, you know, um, but it is what it is. Yeah. It um, sounds, it sounds like you keep a pretty good attitude about it. It's like what you were saying. Sometimes, you know, you, you were thinking about not being able to drive and then you kind of were like, well, there's a lot of other people that can't drive. So. What, what has helped you keep just a, a positive spirit about things? Uh, I, I think since the beginning, 
I've been surrounded by so many awesome people. Mm-hmm. Um, it started with, I, I was at Mizzou, you know, when completely invincible, just yeah. surrounded by, you know, um, I was in a fraternity, you know, just a million friends all the time. That's very helpful. Yeah. But my family's always there. My friends are there. My wife and family. It's, it's, I mean, my wife didn't know me before MS, you know, so just to think of how incredible that is. Yeah. Man, that's, that's awesome. In terms of one of the biggest challenges, and this is kind of like, I had a point where I um, was on a med where I had to give myself shots and I might have gone out to a wedding that, that evening with my, my girlfriend and we weren't getting along that well, so I was kind of upset. And I had to give myself a shot that night. I did not wind my legs so well, and I might have given myself MRSA. <laughs> so um, I was in the hospital for 10 days. And and frankly, if the last med didn't work, I'm not doing this right now. You know, like, we went through some stuff, and they thought about taking my leg, and they didn't. Thank goodness. But, you know, she stuck around. Yeah. And, and that's before we even hitched. So, like, she really stuck around. Wow. Um, Man, just. Sounds like an awesome woman. Yes, she yeah. is. <clears throat> so the next, next thing I kind of wanted to ask you was, I know I've been in this situation, I know a lot of people have, um, when they meet someone with a disability and it's like, I want to help or I have a question I might want to ask. First of all, how do people treat you? And then I guess what I'm asking is how do you want to be treated? Sure. Uh, I think that uh, I've been very fortunate in that since the beginning, because I was the age that I was, I was uh, 19 years old when I was diagnosed. At that point, I was so trying to overcompensate because I knew my parents were just like, what in the world? This is, yeah. and, and I wanted to make sure they knew I was going to be all right. And, and it's like, you know, the way that I do it in my daily life is like, I make fun of myself all the time. Self-deprecation, mm-hmm. man. Like... Yeah. There's a million, when I do public speaking, there's so many jokes you can tell and you never have to come up with new material because there's going to be stuff. Yeah. Like different stuff happens all the time. Uh, and it's hilarious. Yeah. And why look at the negative? You know, it's it's like enjoy. We're all different. I, I tr- The easiest thing I always say is if somebody's like, oh, I'm like, dude, some people are left-handed, which I think is a really cheap way for people to be like, they might think about it for a second, but then they're like, oh, I guess it's not that big. You know, like, yeah. it takes the edge off. Yeah. Um, but I also think uh, something with regard to people that is really uh, hard to articulate, but it, it, it's a testimony to uh, how outgoing and understanding and empathetic people are, that they recognize there's something different about me. Mm-hmm. And I prove to them very quickly that I don't care. Mm-hmm. And, and guess what? As soon as you get that out to them, they don't care either. Yeah. You know, I, I, I totally agree. I think what I've learned in the past is when the other person makes it makes the, the other person can easily make me feel comfortable in the situation. And it sounds like you crack a joke or you say something to really break the ice and it just makes it a lot easier. But, but that also tells me probably why, leading me to my next subject, probably why you were voted, uh, you were given this honor 
of being the man of courage for the multiple sclerosis society. So there was going to be a uh, on the move luncheon on May 6th. There's a man of courage and a woman of courage. Brian was going to be honored then. He still will be, but we're in the midst of this coronavirus scare right now. So everything's being pushed back. But with that being said, congratulations. And what does that, what does that mean to you? It's, it's awesome. You know, I, I really appreciate it. I, Mm -hmm. it's, I don't want to, take too much credit because it's like, well, we're all part of this. You know, I'm never doing this alone. I've never had to, I I try to sometimes Mm -hmm. and nobody lets me. (laughs) Um, If I don't, I don't ask for help, but I don't have a choice a lot of times. Yeah. And that's a testament to people. Yeah. And and it's a great honor, but it's, it is what it is. Well, it is a great honor and he's been very humble about it. So I figured he would because the person who uh, referred him to me, um, told me he's very humble. So I went out and did my own little research, talked to some people at the national office and talked to some people at the St. Louis chapter um, who have told me some things. And this was just some of the things. He had no idea I was going to bring this up. But uh, some there were people that said, one of the reasons that Brian is this year's man of courage is he always goes above and beyond. There's some that We can ask him to do anything, and he's going to do it and more in terms of bringing awareness, in terms of fundraising, going out and talking to people, making people feel comfortable. Um and that's, to me, that was just an awesome, that let me know why, you know, why you were awarded this award. And for some people that, uh, who may know, uh, Charles Glenn, the, the guy who sang the national anthem for the blues, he was last year's winner. And so there's been multiple winners and he's just another person in the line that, you know, that is uh, being honored and uh, obviously well-deserving. So, um so tell us about your public speaking. We brought that up a few times. So where have been some places that you've spoken on, and what do you generally talk about? Uh, the primary, I mean, I, it's been more than 20 years that I've spoken down at RAMS at Mizzou, which stands for Rocking Against Multiple Sclerosis. It is the biggest plan to be down there. Mm-hmm. Um, this year they raised $105,000. Um, it was one of those things I went I was diagnosed between my freshman and sophomore year. I went to the speech my sophomore year because our frat wasn't a part of it. Um, and I thought to myself, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. there are these folks that are speaking that are, that are, you know, not, stu- I'm a student. Mm-hmm. You know, these are folks that are frankly my age now. Um, but especially when I was in that light, it's like, I got to do this next year. Yeah. And it was, it, it was really rewarding. And it was, it was, it was really cool. So I started there. I've gotten invited to do some other stuff. I've spoken for the MS Society a few times. Mm-hmm. I've spoken for the National Fraternity, uh, Beta Beta Pi. Mm-hmm. I'm in Oxford, Ohio. The whole experience, it, one of the things I realized is the first speech I gave, I was so anxious because a lot of people didn't know that I had MS, only my close friends. And that was kind of a coming out kind of a thing mm. where I'm in college. There's all these girls that I'm looking forward to meeting and, and yeah. other folks. And I don't want them to judge me ahead of time. But I think part of the reason that I've gotten over uh, folks prejudging me is because I realized it was such not, not it was nothing yeah. in that experience. Because people, after they knew well, I already knew, I know you. Yeah. Like, it's nothing. Yeah. It, and that was really helpful. And that was, I just had that many more people that were like, hey, is there anything I can ever help with? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I've, I've done some speeches as well. Uh, this isn't about me, but like I, I do know sometimes the hardest part is just being vulnerable. And that those it first is, couple of times of being show. vulnerable. What's that? It's kind of about you. It's your show. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. <laughs> but like when you speak, it's just, you know, being vulnerable and just wondering, especially if you tell something personal. If you're giving a motivational speech, that's kind of different. But when you're telling something personal, you're letting people in. And, but then once you do it, you know, you, like you said, you'd be surprised at how many people just are. They'll come up to you and say, man, you know, I, I, I really respect what you said, you know, and I, I, I couldn't do something like that, but I'm sure that gives you great satisfaction. Um, so I know you you mentioned earlier um, your balance and uh, issues with your sight. What does your what does a normal day look like for you? So, uh, you know, some people might sit there and think, oh, what was Tim? He has MS. I mean, what does he just sit around the house all day? I know that's not true. So what, what, what's a normal day for you look like? I, it ranges. I mean, for the most part, it's a matter of I, I don't work full time. I work I work three days a week. Okay. Um, I work as much as I can. I do receive disability mm-hmm. to do both of those. It's just what what works for me. Right. Um, when I'm not going to work, I'm probably going to the gym uh, and and taking care of the, of responsibilities. Yeah. You know. Uh, it's like anybody that takes the bus, you know, I take the bus into work, go into work, do my thing, come home, hang out with my kids, you know, and do, do what a normal, normal yeah. guy does. Yeah. Um, I try, I do work out, uh, cause I feel like that's, I feel like of all the things that MS spins at me, I can control being, I, as much as I can control my physical self, cause yeah. obviously there's some stuff I can't, well, I'm going to do the stuff I can do. Yeah. So I, I want to make sure that I'm going to give my best to what I can. No, you know sense. what I mean? And, and while I know it does help with MS too, it's, it's all in that, in that bucket. Yeah. You know, I can do something about this. Yeah. There's some stuff we can't do something about. Well, focus on the stuff you can. So try to make sure I take care of that. Yeah. And then otherwise I just try to spend time with my family yeah. Uh, enjoy being with friends, yeah. just like anyone else. Man, I, I can see why you're a great speaker because so many people need to hear that message. It seems simple to you of just controlling what I can control. Don't sit there and just say, well, what's me? And But to hear people actually doing that is always inspirational. So if someone did want to get in touch with you, and I, I'm thinking like at one of my next YMCA events, I'll probably be reaching out. But if someone wanted to get in touch with you and wanted you to speak at uh, their event, uh, how, what would be a good way to, how would they go about getting in touch with you? I mean, I'd say. Gosh. Are you on Facebook? Yeah, I'm on Facebook. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of weird though. Okay. <laughs> I didn't ever want to be on Facebook. Okay. And then my wife kept pressuring me. So I kind of went with a Phil O'Brien instead of Brian Phillips mm. just to kind of be the anti-Facebook. <laughs> yeah. I was going to put a bunch of pictures of people I'd never seen before. <laughs> but of course, once she thought I was on there, then I was hooked. Yeah. And, yeah. And, so I'm Philip Brown on Facebook. But anyway. Okay. So if you don't mind, you want to give people your email in case they want to reach sure, out? Sure, sure. It's it's my first name, last name, Brian Phillips, and then STL at gmail.com. So Brian, B-R-I-A-N, Phillips. I do spell it correctly. Phillips is one or two L's? Two L's. Got to be two L's. Got to be two uh, Brian Phillips, S-T-L? S-T-L. So okay. two S's in a row. At, what'd you say? Gmail. At gmail.com. Cool. Um, um, but... Yeah, man, this is man, this is awesome. I could talk to you forever about this. I know um, <clears throat> I do think that it would be awesome if you guys can get out and support when they do reschedule the on-the-move luncheon. 
you want to get out, hear more from Brian there. Uh, obviously, all the tickets and the proceeds and some of those things will go towards MS Research, which, you know, want to stop MSA, MS in its tracks, restore what's been lost, and end the disease forever. That, those are the three uh, goals of MS. And so thank you, Brian, for spending time with me. One other thing, Marcus. Always. Um, just for folks that are watching, tuning in, like, I just always want to reach out and say thank you for anything. And I'm not saying that you've done for MS. If you, whoever you have helped, whether you spent your time, whether you made a donation, nothing matters. Whether you just decided to go over and visit somebody because you thought they needed your help, you don't have any idea how much they appreciate it. It's real. You make a difference, and it's one of the reasons that I love my life is the people that, so I'm sorry. Man. No, hey, like I said, we could talk about this forever because I, I love to hear people like yourself who are thinking about others, getting out, controlling what they can control in life. All the life lessons that people, I think, more of Americans and more of the world needs to do, you touched on a lot of them, brother. So appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you, Thank Marcus. You for your time. Absolutely. Right. Wait, we're not supposed to shake hands, dude. I know. I guess I got to go get some hand sanitizer. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. Peace. Thank you, Brian, for coming on. Again, what can I say? I told you guys it was going to be good and it was awesome, right? I mean, just touched on so many good things, so many good reminders, things we know, things we know, and just sometimes we lose track of and we don't do, which leads me to my closing thoughts. One of the things he said that really touched me, and I've been thinking about it since, was control what you can control, right? And in today's day and age of so many variables going on, there are certain things you can control. Like we're obviously in the middle of this coronavirus thing and people are, are being told to stay at home and and all these things, and it just feels really doom and gloom at times. But you know what? You know what is not being canceled? You know what's not being closed? Your cell phone. What you should probably stay off of more when you're supposed to be working, now you actually have the time to hopefully call family members, check up on them, talk, you know, call or text a friend you haven't talked to in a while. You know what else hasn't been canceled? Prayer and meditation. You know, uh, I, I know a lot of people who pray and I always tell them that's awesome. But I really think it's important that you meditate as well, because, you know, when I first started meditating, it was so hard to just sit down and allow my brain to calm down because we're always thinking about what's next, what email, uh, what we got to do, or where's the kids or whatever. And to just sit down and calm your body. And hopefully you can hear something inside of you giving you a right path. You know, that, that that's crucial. You should hopefully now that you're locked in the house, you can't go to the bar. You can't go to wherever you wanted to go. Can't go out to eat. You can go get carry out, but you're coming back home. Make time to do that. You know what else? It hasn't been canceled. We go to the grocery stores and there's all these uh, tissues and uh, water and stuff sold out. You know what's not sold out? The green stuff over there in the produce, uh, all the fruits, all the veggies, all the healthy things that are really going to, you know, we're worried about cleaning all the exterior things, cleaning the tables, cleaning our hands, which are important. But what's going to clean us inside? What's going to keep us healthier and keep our immune system strong to be able to fight some things off? Right. That stuff hasn't been canceled. So, you know, there's a lot of things that haven't been canceled. Staying positive. One of my friends once told me years ago, and I never forget, he said the mind can be a prison or a playground. It's your choice. And so right now, through some of these things that feels very heavy and feels doom and gloom and we're, we're worried and we're scared. Man, stay positive. That's a frame of mind. Control what you can control. You might not be able to go to the gym, do 100 push-ups, 100 sit-ups, 100 squats at home, maybe as a family, you know, call friends, call family you haven't talked to in a while. Do the things that continue to make you better. You know, I talk to, uh, usually when I talk to 
players in, in college who are injured, star players. I remember I was talking to a kid, Elijah Childs at uh, Bradley, uh, when he was injured this year. I think the kid's going to be a pro. I don't know at what level, but I think he has the opportunity to be a pro. And he was out with a hand injury, and I went and spoke to him at a game that I was calling for when I was doing a Bradley game that was on ESPN+. And I talked to him before the game, and I said, hey, I know it's hard to be out. We're hoopers. Hoopers want to play. But during this time that you can't do something with this hand, strengthen things with this hand, do ball handling drills with this hand. But even more importantly, focus on your grades, focus on uh, relationships, your parents, um, your friends that you don't get enough time to spend with. Try to get more time with them. Focus on your character during these times. Make sure you're humble. Make sure that you're treating people well. All those things are going to build you up as a better person. Build those things up now because so much of our life is focused on basketball when we're in season. But now it's been taken away from you, right? And so just make sure that you're utilizing some of your other time properly to build up the overall person. So when you are a pro, you're better equipped to handle it mentally, relationship-wise, all those things. And so that's what I'm recommending to you guys right now. While you're at home, make sure you're doing things to take care of yourself. Build yourself up. So when we do go back out and this, this, this uh, stay-at-home order is lifted and things kind of go back to whatever the new normal is going to be, where we can do more socialization. You're a better person coming out of this. That's what I think all of our goals should be. And so uh, I think Brian hit on some of those things, and I just wanted to double down on it. Control what you can control. There's going to be a lot of things we can't, but you can't control that. So stay positive. And you know what we always say, <laughs> greatness is in the details. Thank you guys for tuning in. I appreciate you. Like, subscribe, share, and uh, God bless. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Peace.